Lord, got any free people here today? Glory to God. Got any joyous, happy people here today? Praise the Lord. Well, good. That is the way the Bible says we are to be, uh, full of joy with the victory. Praise God. How many's enjoyed being in the Lord's house today? Praise God. How many are glad uh, trees are blooming and flowers are blooming and that spring is coming? Yeah? All right. Well, let's pray, and I'm going to share the word, and we're going to receive the Lord's Supper this morning, and uh, all things will be well. Father, we do thank you for an abundance of utterance. We thank you for opening our understanding. Uh, we thank you, Father God, that the truth of your word prevails over any deception and lies that may have bound us. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, Lord God, that you uh, continue to bring us into ever-increasing freedom and liberty through imparting wisdom and life to us in your word and by your spirit. We ask, Lord God, that every need would be met today and that you would be glorified and uh, that you would be seen and honored here today. And we give you thanks for it. Thanks for utterance to speak, ears to hear, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, since you're already in James chapter 1 there about being a doer of the word, let's just go back to James 1, and that's where I'll take part of the text this morning. You can find James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and also uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Find James 1 and Proverbs 1. James chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 1, we'll read for a text through verse 5. Uh, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And we know later in this chapter, he said that we were to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And here he said that uh, uh, we were to count it all joy when things get difficult. Now, this is one thing that marks us as different from the world and from the ungodly is that if we walk by faith, we don't get down and get, uh, you know, uh, disillusioned and uh, get sad and have pity parties when things, uh, you know, look difficult. I mean, knows the majority of the world, when they run into trials and tests, they don't shout and rejoice, right? But Christians are not supposed to behave like the world. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, he said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. I mean, knows that wasn't a good suggestion, but that was actually the Lord commanded us not to allow our hearts to be troubled, nor to enter in fear. And so I don't have to yield to fear. I don't have to get discouraged uh, when trials and tests are, uh, you know, in the vicinity of my uh, life because uh, uh, the Lord is bigger than any trial or test that has come my way. 
Say that with me. The Lord is bigger than any trial or test that comes my way. And I can rejoice because I know the Lord will help me overcome. So I don't walk by what I see or by sight. I walk by faith. And faith rejoices and gives thanks and is glad and is not moved by what it sees, but only by what God said. So here is where we are not to, uh, you know, the Bible says in Psalms 1, it says, uh, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, in contrast, is in the law of God, and in his word or law does he meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth their fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. And so in uh, connection with uh, facing trials and tests in God, we do not respond to them like the world. Can you say amen? In fact, Jesus said, if people persecute you, he said, leap for joy. Because he said, this happened to the prophets before you. And he said, your reward is great in heaven. So most people, if they're thinking worldly or just thinking naturally, they don't rejoice when they're persecuted, right? And so any time a trial and test comes our way, if our mind is renewed and we are actually doers of the word, we're going to be doing James chapter 1, verse 2. That means we're going to count it all joy. Now, it may not feel like it's joy necessarily. Count is a faith word. Uh, reckon it, consider it all joy. Uh, he goes on to say, if we do, he says, in doing this, we know that the trying of our faith, when our faith is tried or proven, that it works patience or endurance. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. Uh, you know, we won't go into that. This is a different sermon. But when you have to stand fast uh, and hold your faith uh, when and not be moved by what you see or what you feel or the passage of time, it actually purifies your faith. Right? How many knows that faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected and it's the evidence of things not seen. So you have to have situations where it doesn't look like you see the answer or you don't feel the answer to be in faith. And so the less feelings you have, uh, the more, uh, you know, faith you have to stand in. Right? But how many knows faith doesn't come by having feelings or seeing or feeling? Faith comes by how? Hearing and hearing the Word of God. So I can rejoice and live on uh, what God said. You know, of course, I've used this illustration before, and I've heard other ministers use it before. Several years ago, I got my instrument rating with my pilot's, uh, you know, uh, license. 
And uh, if you're flying the plane and you fly into whiteout conditions, you're flying in clouds, you don't see any visual references, right? Uh, and so you're flying by the instruments and you have to trust the instruments, right? If the turn coordinator says your left wing is down, then you take the yoke and move it to the right till your wing gets level. If your altimeter says, or your vertical speed indicator says you're losing 500 feet per minute, you need to pull up on the yoke until your altimeter levels out and it's not going up or it's not going down. If your artificial horizon indicator says you're uh, to the left and nose down, then you need to pull up and turn right. And you just fly the instruments. You don't have any visual references to fly by. And so you have to trust your instruments, right? And so you have to trust God's Word in the same way. If God said He was going to do it, it may not look like He's going to do it, but that's where your faith gets perfected because that weans you off of the carnality of your five senses and of being a carnal person onto. A lot of times when we think carnality, we think about, uh, you know, overindulgent or sexual sins or lying or thievery or something like that. But carnality is just being ruled by your senses. Right? And, uh, you know, it's natural, uh, you know, just because of the way that we grew up in a world and we see things that we, uh, you know, have a propensity to depend upon what we see and what we hear and what we feel in the natural world rather than the Word of God. But uh, walking and growing up and maturing spiritually is walking by faith. And that means things can be totally crazy around you and you can't see anything that looks like God's Word is true and it doesn't feel like God's Word is true, but you just go ahead and talk like God's true Word's true and act like God's true because you are a faith person and you're not governed by your physical senses or your out your exterior, your body, your outer man doesn't govern your life. Your inner man, believing the Word of God and flying by God's Word is what governs your life. Can you say man? What God said is true, and that's what we live by. Can you say man? I mean, some, you know, just like for me, sometimes I get up to minister, I, you know, sometimes I feel real juicy. I feel real anointed. <laughs> I like to feel, you know, like the anointing is on me. But there's sometimes that you don't feel anointed. But the Bible says that he has made us, he has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. So the Bible says that, you know, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and greater is he that's in me. So I go ahead and act in faith. And the anointing will come if I'm acting in faith. Can you say amen? And I thank God for feelings, but faith is a must. Can you say amen? Say it with me. I count it all joy because I walk by faith. And I don't respond to trials and tests like the world does. I respond to trials and tests with joy. Like God said in His Word. See, that makes you be a king or to reign 
or to live in dominion over life and over your flesh and over the devil and everything when you walk by faith. Can you say amen? Circumstances don't rule you when you walk by faith. You rule circumstances. Say that with me. Circumstances don't rule me. I rule over circumstances. So then that's what makes you a steady, stable Christian that's not yo-yo, up and down, one day, in and out. You're just like, okay, uh, you, know, you know, spiritually, it's kind of like the weather is naturally. It may blow up a storm, and we may be having a tornado that's blowing the trees down and stuff like that. But I'm not going anywhere because the sun will come out sooner or later. So I don't have to let the storm get inside me. I can say steady in the midst of the storm because I'm anchored on the rock of the eternal rock of ages who never lies, who's always faithful, whose word never changes. And if he's steady and he's faithful and he's always going to do his word, then I don't have to let this trial or test affect me. I just keep on flying by the instruments. I keep on flying by 1 John 4, 4. I keep on, uh, you know, flying by Philippians 4.19. He supplies all my needs because I'm going to act like all my needs are supplied and I'm going to talk like all my needs are supplied and I'm going to act like I'm strong in Christ and I'm going to talk like I'm strong in Christ no matter how my physical outer man feels. If I feel confused, then I'm supposed to say I have the wisdom of God. I'm not flying by my feelings or how I feel right now or what my emotions are saying. I'm going by the Word of God, and it says Christ has made wisdom unto me, and I have the wisdom of God. Can you say amen? And your faith is actually what produces and opens the door for God to be able to confirm His Word and do it in your life. And faith is a choice. Amen? Sometimes people say, I don't know if I can believe that. That's wrong. It's not a matter whether you can or cannot. You can believe anything you want to. Right? You can choose to believe every word of God's, uh, of the word of God. I can choose to believe that God never leaves me nor never forsakes me. And if he's with me, who, who can prevail over me? Or, you know, what can man do to me if God is for me and is on my side? God is with me right now, <clears throat> today. God is for me and God is in me. And if that's a reality to me, then that will bring peace in the midst of a storm. And that'll cause anxiety and fear to go. Amen? You need to speak out loud and confirm your faith. And hold. the Bible says to hold fast to the confession of our faith, for He is faithful that's promised. That's Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast. What does hold fast imply? It means there's something trying to take away. If He wouldn't say hold on to it, if I, if I said hold on to your seat, that means, you know, it's you know, going to be circumstances that can get you out of your seat. If I gave you a rope and said, now hold on to this tightly, that means there's going to be some resistance to try to get it away from you. Right? Well, how many's ever felt the pressure to say, 
it looks like we're not going to have enough or it looks like I may fail or it looks like this is not working out. It's almost like you can feel the pressure from the world because the whole world walks in negativity and fear uh, for you to open your mouth and affirm something that you see or feel. But the Bible says to hold fast, hold unswervingly, right? Unwaveringly, resolutely to the confession of your faith. Now, I know the Bible talks about confession, that if we confess our sins, but I'm not talking about the negative side of confession or owning or acknowledging our sins. I'm talking about owning and acknowledging the truth of God's Word this morning, that you're to speak God's Word in the midst of any opposition and boldly confess and acknowledge just like, you know, if you feel like, you know, maybe you're a little bit inadequate or, or you feel like that you're kind of alone or whatever like that, or you have feelings of fear coming, just open your mouth and say, see, that's what it said in Hebrews. Put Hebrews 13.5 up there. <clears throat> say, I'm living in victorious faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 13.5. Y'all know this. Scripture. <clears throat> but knowing it and doing it, it says, let your lifestyle, your manner of life, your conversation, that's archaic King James, let your lifestyle be without covetousness. Amen? In other words, covetous means, you know, just totally being occupied with uh, natural things. Right? God is not opposed to us to enjoy nice things. He's just opposed to us to putting things above him. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus. Jesus, uh, you know, he said, you know, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commandments. You know thou shalt not love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these commandments have I kept since, uh, uh, you know, I've been a child. And it said that Jesus looked at him and said, if you want to have treasures in heaven, go sell things that you have. Come and follow me and you'll have great eternal wealth in heaven. And it said the man went away sorrowful. He wasn't a cheerful giver. <laughs> right? He went away sorrowful because he had great wealth. Well, the truth is he didn't have things. Things had him. There shouldn't be anything that, that we put before God. There shouldn't be anything if God says sow it that I can't sow it. Right? Because let your lifestyle be without covetousness. Uh, you know, things are just things. Uh, things are to be used. God is to be loved, not things loved and God to be used. Amen? So let your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. That doesn't mean you can't believe God for better, but it doesn't mean you should be complaining and griping about what you got. I mean, if you're like, uh, you know, Philippians 2.14, you don't need to go there or we don't need to put it up, but it says, do all things without murmuring or complaining. How many things? All things. Go ahead and put it up there. <clears throat> Philippians 2.14. 
Woohoo! We're having fun today. Philippians 2 14. <clears throat> Here we go. Do all things. How? Now, how many things does all things include? Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Or other translations will read, do all things without murmuring and complaining. So when is it right to be complaining and murmuring? According to this scripture, we should never be murmuring or complaining. Well, what are we going to do if we're not going to murmur or complain? We're going to give thanks and count it all joy. <laughs> so if we're a doer of Philippians 2.14, then that means, uh, you know, that murmuring and complaining go way down to nothing in our life. And if we're, the Bible says, uh, bless the Lord at all times. Well, if you're blessing the Lord at all times, it's hard to be blessing the Lord and complaining at the same time. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, uh, you know, this is the will of God concerning you, that in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, you can't be thanking God and complaining at the same time. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt complains, despairs, and is sad. So, you know, we went to this verse about not complaining off of, uh, uh, go back to Hebrews 13, 5 now, because it says, let your life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. I mean, you know, uh, one of my vehicles has a good many miles on it. Well, I could kick it and say, you sorry you know, piece of junk, poor excuse for a vehicle. You got an oil leak and you leaked oil on my driveway and I can't stand this car. I just hate this car. It's a piece of junk. You know, if you're griping like that about what you have, then uh, you're probably not in a position to get something better. Right? Uh, you know... Uh, you know, what's the, what's the other alternative to not having that car that's brand new? Walking. <laughs> you could be going, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to walk to the post office and to the bank today. I don't have to ride a flop-aired mule today. <clears throat> thank God my feet are healthy and that I can walk. Can you say amen? I mean, those are people that can't get around and can't walk. They're in a chair, right? Thank God I'm not in a chair. <laughs> you know, how you look at things makes a big difference. <laughs> and we're to be optimistic and thankful and see the good. And you can always see the good. I mean, you know, I was sharing with you on Wednesday night, some of y'all went bike riding uh, this past week and looked off and got off the trail and got in the gravel and it flipped me off and I went over the handlebars and it skinned my right knee up and, and kind of wrenched my shoulder a little bit, you know. I got up and I was my knees bleeding and I was like, well, praise God, I got good looking blood. It's not orange or yellow, it's red and looks like it's clotting good today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Are you still here? And not only that, God's good. I'll heal up supernatural fast time. <clears throat> And I didn't come off on my head. I didn't get a concussion. Right? 
you know, you can always find, you know, uh, good in things. I mean, even if you had a car accident, you know, and you wasn't watching, or even if it was your fault or whatever, if it happened, you know, you say, well, praise God, I didn't get hurt or injured. <clears throat> Amen. And uh, it's, it's just really important that we are thankful for what we do have because thanksgiving is the opposite of complaining and murmuring. And faith does not complain or murmur. Faith gives thanks and is glad because it knows God is faithful and God is going to help you and God is going to be there for you and God's going to be faithful to do His Word in your life. So I'm not complaining about the situation. I'm thanking God because He will change the situation. Can you say amen? You know, like uh, with Hannah, I heard a minister preaching one time and you know she was sad because she didn't have a baby and she just kept crying and kept crying and kept crying and kept crying because she was focused on what she didn't have and it's better to be focused on the God that's going to give you what you don't have and what's on the way right and so uh, she was crying and sad and this went on and on and, and this minister was just like you know preaching on that example and he said was it was it uh, was she sad because it was she, was she sad because it was bad or was it bad because she was sad <laughs> remember it says that, that finally you know when she was uh, uh, you know praying there and Eli you know thought she was drunk you know her mouth was moving and she was just so, supposed to be crying it says she was pouring out her complaint <laughs> to God <laughs> and uh, he and and uh, Eli thought she was drunk, and he said, uh, "You know, how long are you going to drink and then come to come to church?" Uh, you know, and she said, "Oh no, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit." In other words, she was identifying. She's just sorry. Uh, she just you know all the time down, sorry, broken, sad. And uh, he said, and and so she said, "No, don't take me for a daughter of the devil." He said, "I'm." Uh, you know, I'm just praying to God out of a sorrowful spirit. And he spoke and said, may the Lord grant your, may the God of Israel grant your request. And it said she got up from that point and she was no longer, was her countenance sad. And how many knows what happened right after that? <clears throat> she ended up getting uh, pregnant and having a baby. <laughs> so was it bad? Because, was she sad because it was bad or was it bad because she was sad? <laughs> It was, you know, when she was no longer sad or no longer blue. Say it with me, no more blue days. And even if, if the temptation comes to be down, what are we supposed to do? Count it all joy. That means you've got enough inner strength that you're not going to act like the world and walk by sight. You're going to rejoice and give thanks and be glad. <laughs> Because you're flying by the instruments by God's Word, and that's what you need to make you happy is what God promised you. You don't need to see and feel it all. <laughs> Can you say amen? 
And so if you live by God's presence and by God's word and God's spirit, then you're not going to be murmuring or complaining. The Bible says don't do anything with murmuring and complaining. The Bible says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. Amen? I know in prayer today we just happen to you know, be praising God for some things because, you know, I know the Lord has really dealt with me about uh, our prayer life being non-petitionary in nature and not just all just asking all the time. But uh, that prayer life includes worship and thanksgiving and praise, and that should outweigh if we war more than we worship, we're warped. Right? If we petition more than we praise, then uh, we're, you know, lopsided. And uh, some of the ladies, you know, uh, were praising God, even though their husbands wasn't perfect and may not come to church. They were like, praise God, he's this, and praise God, he's that. And it blessed me that they were actually seeing the good and honoring the good. But if you're like nagging and griping all the time, that's not going to help bring your, your spouse, male or female, into church. Well, that old sorry rascal, <laughs> he's not a good listener. He never even thinks about me. He forgives, forgets me on my birthday, and I don't think he's got a spiritual bone in his body. Well, the Bible says if you believe something in your heart and say it with your mouth, you'll have what you say. You're actually... <laughs> Shutting the door for him to be able to come. No, just say, praise God, the Lord is dealing with him. He has the wisdom of God. The Lord is dealing with her. She's responsive. She's spiritually. The Lord's, uh, re, you know, enlightening their eyes. I appreciate them and love them. And uh, they do this and they do that. And it's blessed. And if you believe the good and believe the 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 uh, the the good the, you know that the Lord is doing things in their life and see the good in them and emphasize that it'll open the door for the Lord to do more. Can you say, man? You know, nagging is actually calling things that be as though they are. And sometimes people say, well, they never do uh, have any interest in church. Well, you're prophesying about the future. right? They just never think about me. If you say so, <clears throat> are you still here? <clears throat> so giving thanks, how many thanksgivers we got in here this morning? How many, can you actually count it all joy when you're going through a test and trial? This is a litmus test if you're a doer of the word. Faith rejoices and gives thanks and is glad. But back to what we were talking about, you have to hold fast to the confession of your faith. Put Hebrews, you know, I'm quoting these things, but put Hebrews 10, 23 up. Say it with me. I don't murmur and I don't complain. It opens the door to the enemy. I give thanks and I praise and it opens the door for the Lord to work. Amen. Uh, 
23, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us do what? Hold fast the profession, King James, other translations say confession. It's actually translated confession in other places. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering or changing or oscillating. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I say to myself, my body may change, but my confession remains the same. Circumstances may change, but my confession remains the same. What we're endeavoring to do is not to affiliate and polarize and align our confession with natural things that we're seeing, but to polarize and align our confession so that if you read the Bible, the same things that you're reading the Bible is the same things that's coming out of your mouth. I'm not talking doubt and unbelief and changing circumstances. I'm talking the eternal Word of God that cannot change. How many knows the Bible says that we look not at the things which are seen, which are temporal or subject to change, but we look at the things which uh, you know, are, are eternal that don't change. How many knows that Moses endured as what? Seeing him who is invisible. How do you see him who is invisible? By faith. How many knows that just like there's, there, how many knows there's sound waves that you can't hear in here this morning? You know, elephants can hear sounds that we can't. Dolphins and whales can hear sounds that we can't. Even dogs can hear frequency sounds outside the range of what human hearing is. Right? Well, you know, even with sight, you know, there's ultraviolet rays and there's infrared rays and there's all kinds of things that's outside the spectrum of natural, uh, what our physical ability is to both hear and see that are real. Right? There's images from television stations and radio stations that are in this room that if you have the receiver to tune into them this morning, you can hear things and see things that are already in this room that we don't hear and see right now. And it's the same way with faith. You can turn your faith on and get it adjusted and you can see the invisible one. It said, Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. It said, we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Faith sees the answer. Faith sees the faithfulness of God. Faith sees heaven before it gets there. Faith sees the answer. Faith sees you with all your needs supplied. Faith sees you strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Faith sees you righteous through the blood of Jesus. Faith sees you with the greater one inside you. And you have to see those things that God sees and then align what you believe and what you think with what he said in his word and hold fast to the confession of your faith to what you see on the outside looks like what God said and saw before it happened out here. Amen? You can see your lungs strong. You can see your body healthy.
I see me, according to Isaiah 53, healed by his stripes. I see him taking my infirmities and bearing my sicknesses. I see him satisfying me with long life and showing me his salvation all through my life. I see him being with me in trouble. I see him causing me to rise above every problem. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm not a failure. I'm an overcomer. I see myself strong in the Lord and the power of his might doing exploits and, and, and increasing in him. I see my vats running over with new wine and my barns bursting out with plenty because I brought the first fruits in, uh, you know, and honored the Lord with them. Amen. I see myself walking in peace and joy. I don't see myself needing depressants or going down or discouraged or disillusioned or disappointed. I see myself full of joy and with the victory, laughing with a merry heart. And giving with a merry heart. Can you say amen? And bringing joy to other people. <clears throat> I see myself going over the top with the victory. And even if circumstances look bad or around me, uh, the Lord brings out of bad circumstances overcoming good things. You know, I was just reading the book of Philippians. Paul wrote Philippians out of a jail cell. And you don't hear him griping anywhere in Philippians, but you hear him saying things like, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory. We just did Philippians 2, do everything without murmuring or complaining. So, I mean, Paul had every reason to complain and, and murmur, uh, you know, because he was in jail and circumstances looked bad. But he's writing epistles that we're still reading today and has the victory even in the midst of some very bad circumstances. That's, that is an overcoming victor when you got nasty things going on around you and you're preaching the gospel stronger than you ever preached it and you're writing checks out to send missions all over the world and you're, you're being a blessing and you're just like, Hey, God's taking care of stuff, and, and that just that's the glory of God being manifested, and your faith just gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and you just get indefeatable, unconquerable. Circumstances don't move you. Paul said in one place, he said, none of these things move me. He gets bit by a snake, and he shakes it off into fire, goes through a shipwreck. They have a revival on the island. They get shipwrecked on. The, the leader, everything that the devil tried to do, and this life is going to be full of the devil trying to do things to you. And he said, fight the good fight of faith. You know, like one guy, I think it was, that came to Brother Hagin and said, I want you to pray that I won't have any more trouble with the devil. And Brother Hagin said, you want me to pray that you'll die? Because the only way you're not going to have any trouble with the devil is not to be here on the earth. We're on hostile territory. Are you still here? But the thing is, God has not given us the 
uh, immunity from never being attacked by the enemy. He's just given us grace to rise above every attack of the enemy. And even though all kinds of wars and rumors of wars and trials and tests and all kinds of oppression and depression is trying to get on us, we just rise to the top and we end up writing epistles, you know, and uh, saying, rejoice in the Lord always. God got him out of jail. That letter went to the church at Philippi and encouraged them and helped their spiritual growth, and it's still helping spirituals grow. But God did that right in the middle of the devil trying to take Paul out. Can you say amen? And so, you know, if you got the spirit of faith, the, 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 you know, the, the worse that things look, the stronger God will get glory and cause you to overcome and bring you out of it. So instead of having the mully grubs and complaining and walking by sights and letting your flesh rule you, you rise above that, shout the victory louder, see the invisible before it happens, declare it before it happens, and rejoice all the way and let just run over the devil while you're doing it. Does anybody like faith in God and walking by faith besides me? And the Bible says that this what pleases God, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, Abraham and Sarah not having things and it not looking right. And yet Abraham was strong in faith and did what? Complained and murmured? No, he gave glory to God. You know, it says in that passage, it said, God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they are. Calls things that be not. God who makes alive. How many know Sarah's womb, even when she was young, she couldn't bear. She was sterile. Right? Now she's 90 years old. Chances hadn't improved, right? Abraham is a hundred, but God quickened Sarah's body and Abraham's body when they were aged and caused them to conceive and bear a child. God quickened, we were singing earlier today, if the same spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that made alive or quickened Christ and raised him from the dead can quicken your mortal body also. Well, if he can make uh, Sarah's body alive and Abraham's body alive and he can raise Christ from the dead, he can quicken an organ in your body. God quickens dead organs. God resurrects dead dreams. So I used to dream that I would do this in life, but now it just seems like that it's all gone. It's kind of like Jairus. They could give up. You know, your dream is dead. Your daughter is dead. Your, your health is not good. Your finances are dead. No, bless God, Jesus said to us the same thing He says to Jairus. He said, I'll go with you. God will go with you. The same God that created the galaxies and made the heavens and made the earth, He will go with you to your house. He went with Jairus. And the bad report came along the way, but Jesus wasn't flying by what he saw. He was flying by the instruments, and he was flying by the faithfulness of God. And Jesus said, fear not, only believe, and your daughter will live. Well, fear not, only believe, and your finances will get out of the red. 
into the black. Fear not, only believe. God is a big God. God is for you. God will help you. God will heal you. God will strengthen you. God will encourage you. God will open doors. God will enable you and empower you. God will open the windows of heaven for you. God will do what he said because he loves to do good things because he's a good God. And he quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they are. And so you have to be like your father. How I many knows the Bible says, uh, you know, as, as you know, as dear children, we're to imitate our father. Well, if God calls those things that be not as though they are, then I'm to call things that be not. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Why? Because the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God told Joshua. And that's the same be as he said, light be. Strength be. Healing be. Success be. Victory be. Rejoicing be. Be is a faith command. And God, again, like, he didn't use his word to describe how things are. He didn't say, it's dark, it's chaotic, it's black, it doesn't look like it's hopeless down there, that there never could be life. No, God said, let there be light. Let there be stars. Let there be a moon. Let there be a sun. And he had that on the inside of him, and he spoke that out. And the Bible says that we also, that God framed the universe through his words by faith. And the Bible says life and death are in the power of our tongue. And you can either bring life or bring death to yourself. And you can change the circumstances of your life. Because if everything around us, this whole universe was created by words, things can also be changed and altered through words. Faith is divine energy to alter circumstances. Jesus said if you, uh, anyone, it's like the law of gravity, only it's a law of faith. He said, whosoever shall believe in his heart and say with his mouth. He said, if you say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say shall come to pass, you will have, you shall have whatsoever he saith. So I speak to my body and I say, life be, lungs be strong in Jesus' name. Stomach, be orderly and at peace and digest well. Mind, be clear and sound. Joints, be free. Muscles, be strong. Glands, work properly and right. Heart, be strong. Beat strong. Blood, be clean. Kidneys, filter well. Liver, be strong and healthy. Can you say man? I'm not speaking death to my body. I'm speaking life to my body because that's what God said. He said that he quickens or gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. I call my finances abundant and overflowing. I always have plenty and extra. I have seed to sow and I have bread to eat. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. I prosper and am in health even as my soul prospers. Can you say amen? 
And there's an opposition in the world just trying to to press you back into the mold and conform you to just speak what you see or what you feel. But you've got to take control of your life. You got to rise to the dominion that God created you. He said, You that have received the abundance of grace into the gift of righteousness are to rule and reign in life. And you rule and reign with life as the same way that Jesus ruled and reigned when he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. He said, Man shall not live by the every word, uh, by, by bread, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he uses the word of God to reign and rule over the devil and put the devil in his place there in the garden. And you can put failure in its place, sickness in its place, demons in their place, defeat in its place, lack in its place, fear in its place. You can rise triumphant, overwhelming, victorious conqueror over everything in life by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the God who is for you is the God who quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. So you call the way you call it the way you want it to be in line with the Word of God. You hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. Put it up again. I didn't preach myself happy this morning. Hopefully some of you too. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. What What do you believe? We believe what God said. If God said it, He can't lie. And if He said you were healed, you start calling yourself healed. I'm the healed of the Lord. Amen? You know, I was talking about the bike wreck I had, you know, this week. And, you know, right after I did it, my shoulder wouldn't hardly move very good. And I could feel all the ligaments that went up to my neck. And it just felt like, you know, that stuff was torn all around in there. And it was really messed up. And I just, I started from the beginning. Uh, You know, I could have said, you know, I've really hurt my shoulder. probably never be the same again. I'm going to probably have trouble with my shoulder now. I could have said that, but I said, no, my shoulder is as strong and will be stronger than it's ever been before. I mean, knows if God made a human body, he can tweak a few ligaments. I mean, that's like him tightening the string up on a guitar. I mean, you got a ligament that got stretched a little bit. He can tighten it back up. And God is my witness. I'm back 98% and the other two will come and then I'll go past that. I'm going to be stronger than I've ever been, richer than I've ever been, wiser than I've ever been, more anointed than I've ever been, more courageous than I've ever been because me and God is enough to whoop anything and everything that I face in this life physically, spiritually, mentally. I'm just looking for an opportunity to blow the devil out of the water. And I'm not running from him. He's running from me. Because God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? And with God on my side, hallelujah, he'll strengthen me and revive me and heal me and prosper me. And I'm, I'm like Caleb. I'm looking for a mountain. 
You know, you know, sometimes people talk about what kind of diet are you on? Caleb was on a diet of giants. Right? And he was just like, bring on. <laughs> he had a sassy attitude because God was the sass in his attitude. <laughs> you know, you, you, you just have to say, devil, you picked the wrong person. How many knows uh, there's people all over? I mean, uh, for example, Brother Hagen, I always admired him. He went home to be with the Lord in heaven. But I mean, uh, but when he was just a teenager, he had an incurable blood disease. He was paralyzed. Uh, he had a deformed heart. Doctors told him that he wouldn't live and that he was bedfast and just going downhill and near death. In fact, he died a couple of times and was just revived supernaturally and miraculously. But he got hold of what we're talking about this morning, Mark 11, 23, believing in your heart and saying with your mouth, and Mark 11, 24, whatsoever things you desire, and he desired healing when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. He got a hold of that on the bed of sickness in the Spirit of God. God revealed to him that that was the answer when there was no natural hope. Right? And he believed God. And you know how he tells the story about the Holy Spirit? You know, he said, uh, oh, I see. I've got to go ahead and believe I've got it before I see and feel it. And you know, he tells the story how he put, took his, he got a hold of the bedpost. He got in faith and believed he had received his healing. And the Spirit of God said, well, heal people ought to, if, you know, heal people ought to be up at this hour. And so he was going to act like he had what God said that he had believed he had received. And so he said he got a hold of the, he was paralyzed and in bed, but he got a hold of the bedpost and he put one foot out you know, over the edge of the bed, and he said that his foot flopped down on the wood like a like a piece of uh, uh, firewood falling on the floor, just you know, heavy and no strength in it. And then he put the other one down on the floor, and then he said he took hold to the bedpost and he began to act on the word of God that he was healed. And as he began to act with faith in his heart. Even though the Bible said faith without works is dead. As he began, and began to act in faith, he said it felt like that warm honey began to be poured on his head and run down and strength began to fill his body. You know, the same God that got him out of the bed can get anything that you're dealing with this morning out of your body. That same power that raised him up, whosoever, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, it's available to you and me here, the power of God to work healing in your body, to work peace in your mind. It's present if you mix faith with it. The Bible says when you mix faith uh, with the power of God, the power of God is released and begins to work. There is power present here this morning, just like there's power in that electrical socket over there. And, and that power is present to, to, to if, if anybody is in sin, that sin can be forgiven and, and, and a person can be made a new creation in Christ Jesus just by mixing faith with the good news of the Word of God, the Gospel. Well, the, the Gospel is not only that He bore our transgressions and that He took our sins, the Gospel is also Himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Healing power is present just as much as forgiving power is present. <laughs> 
And there's power here to answer prayers and to transform and change you out of passivity and apathy. And I'm under the the cares and the bondages. I mean, we've been singing this morning. uh, There's freedom in this place. The freedom comes when we mix faith with the power that sets us free. The anointing here. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to proclaim the good news of the gospel. He has sent me to declare liberty to the captive, to set the captive free, to heal the brokenhearted, to open the prison doors and let the prisoner go, to preach the jubilee and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that you can go back to your possessions, that you don't have to be sick, you don't have to be poor, you don't have to be condemned, you don't have to be down or oppressed or depressed. Bless God. The freedom and the power of God to set you free is here today because if we're preaching the word of Jesus, the Bible says they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. They lay hands on the sick and the sick were healed. Uh, You know, it says that they cast out devils in Jesus' name. The gospel is a message of the proclamation of the freedom for the human race that you don't have to be under bondage anymore. You don't have to be down and depressed anymore. You don't have to be sad anymore. You can rise above any anything and everything into the glorious freedom and light and liberty and you can go up and knock the giants off the top of the mountain and possess a promised land that's rich with the glory of God and the goodness of God with so much that you've got plenty and you've got plenty to give away to other people. You can go in and have all that you want because Jesus didn't come to just give us a bunch of laws. Jesus came that we might have life and we might have life more abundantly. Hallelujah. And if anything about you said, well, I'm not enjoying the fullness of it, then there's more for you to get or otherwise you wouldn't have a desire for more of it. You know, you just got to make up your mind. I'm not going to be satisfied with second best. You know, I may have to fight some giants. I may have to blow the trumpet of praise and shout while the walls is still up. I might have to fight the good fight of faith. I might, not, I might get knocked down a couple of times, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to blow the trumpet, bless God. I'm going to shout the victory. I'm going to say, like David did to the giant, you come with a sword and with a shield, but I come in the name of the living God, the God that quickens the dead and, and, and uh, calls things that be not as though they were. I come in the powerful God, the omnipotent one, the God of Israel, and you're nothing but an uncircumcised no, no covenant, nobody, Gentile, Philistine, and everybody's talking about how big you are, but I'm talking about how big God is, and I'm going to take your head off today, and I'm going to feed you and the whole host of the Philistines to the, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, and the bear went down and the lion went down, and buddy, you're right in the same line with them. God's got your number. <laughs> I'm cranking this stone up and the angel's going to give it a turbo boost and it's going to hit you so hard that you're going to get knocked into the next county and didn't know what hit you and I'm going to go ahead and cut your head off while you're uh, wondering where you're at. <laughs> and I mean, knows that this was just a teenage kid, right? 
but he had faith in God. You know, David's God is my God. David's God is your God. If you believe God and, and get, you know, and David, I mean, you could hear faith in David's voice. He didn't say, well, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm sure scared, and this guy really is big, and I don't, no, bless God, I don't care if it's a seven-digit figure. God is up for seven-digit figures. If I don't care if there's open doors. God will make a way where there is no way. He's the Maywaker. The Red Sea didn't look like a very inviting place. They had Pharaoh behind them. They had a mountain on this side and a mountain on this side and had an uncrossable, as far as natural things concerned, sea in front of them. But God said, stretch out your rod over the water. In other words, don't go back, go forward. God don't take pleasure in going back. God is with you to put you over. God will heal your body. God will clear your mind. Ask me how I know. I've experienced both this week. Hallelujah. God's not a dead God. He's the living God. He's still doing miracles. He's still healing. He's still, uh, you know, mending broken hearts. He's still opening the doors. He's ripping the doors up. I mean, you know, Paul and Silas, they, they weren't complaining and griping. It says at midnight, that's dark hour, midnight. It says they prayed and sang praises. So here they are. They've been beaten. They're in the maximum security, their hands and feet are in stocks, and these guys have the undefeatable spirit of faith in them, and they're praising God at midnight, and it said the prisoners heard them. And whoa, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the, all the prison doors flew open, and the shackles fell off. Hallelujah, there's some shackle throwing off prison door opening, cell regenerating, mind clearing, sin destroying, devil pulverizing, anointing here this morning. Same power that was in that jail cell, uh, same power that was in that, uh, you know, jail, uh, that Philippian jail where, you know, this is where Paul the letter was written there. That's where they were at. Uh, that that same power that was in that prison that night, it's here right now this morning. Man, the Lord can throw off your prison doors this morning. The Lord can break off your shackles this morning. It don't matter how you're bound or what's wrong with you. Bless God. There's freedom in this place because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus, the liberator, is here to set you free. <clears throat> I'm free. I'm free to dance. <laughs> I'm free to move arms that were a few days ago very wasn't moving real good. <laughs> My finances are free this morning. My mind is free this morning. My joints are free this morning. I have freedom of speech this morning, bless God. I'm not bound by anything under anything. I'm more than a conqueror, hallelujah. And just like Brother Hagin was talking about, you know, uh, the, you know, the devil is still kicking himself that he put that sickness and disease on Brother Hagin. Because the Bible says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And if you look at the Greek, uh, you know, it actually says we're hyper-conquerors. 
You know, if you say a child is hyperactive, that means he's not only active, he's more than active. Right? Well, Brother Hagin, just like he just wasn't a conqueror, he didn't just get healed. He got up and started preaching healing all over Texas and all over the South and all over the United States and wrote books and, and preached and had meetings and had a Bible school. The devil's still kicking himself that he tried to make him sick because, I mean, you know, it's affected my life. It's affected your life. And what the devil tried to do for bad, the Lord turned it out for good and went past good overwhelmingly into good and took him from not just being a conqueror to being more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And that same more than conquering power is available for every one of us. And we can rise up and be world changers. We can overcome apathy. We can overcome passivity. We can overcome lack. We can overcome fear. We can overcome every giant, every wall city, every uncrossable river, every uncrossable sea, every impenetrable wall, bless God, our God is bigger than all of it and any of it, and the giants are going down, and the walls are going down, and the sickness is leaving, and the prison doors are being opened, and we're going to preach the Word of God far and near to everyone that will hear that Jesus is the resurrected, glorious, death-defeating author of life and that the the grave couldn't hold him down and demons couldn't hold him down and hell couldn't keep him, bless God, much less a little cancer or a few joints that are not working right or anything else, bless God. He's here to set you free, keep you free, and then so you can go tell other people how to be free. <laughs> Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. You know what free people do? They get free and then they go get other people set free. I'm looking at a bunch of... Street changing, neighborhood changing, city changing, world changing people that's on fire with the power of God. You, hallelujah. You don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do it in your own ingenuity. You don't have to do it in your own might. It's not by human might and it's not by human strength. And really, the less that you have to offer, the more God's glory can show up in you, bless God. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm free. Jesus is setting me free. My body is free from disease. My mind is free from oppression. My life is free from depression. Free from fear. Nothing, I mean nothing, is going to hold me out or hold me back. I'm holding fast my, to my confession. And no power of darkness will hold me out. I'm going in and possessing my land. I'm possessing my healing. I'm possessing my prosperity. I'm possessing my victory. I'm more than a conqueror today. Nothing can hold me back. Nothing 
can hold me out. I'm going in. I'm going through. My God is for me. He's helping me. And I boldly confess that I win, that I overcome, that I have God's best, that I don't lack, that I have all the blessings and all the promises that God has given me. Hallelujah. Well, you know, if you're not excited about God, you just let your wood get wet. But how many knows God can dry your wood out and turn the fire up again? Hallelujah. Praise God. Anybody act free, you know you're free and you believe you're free. How would you act if you were free? We were talking about it earlier. Hallelujah. How would you act if you were free? <laughs> Woo! I'm free! Hallelujah. Glory! How would you act if the Red Sea was starting to roll back? How would you act if cracks were forming in the walls of Jericho right in front of you? Y'all pray for me that I'll be faithful and hold out to the end in some way, somehow, by some crook. You know, by some, some crook or nook, I'll make it in. That's a whiny, defeated, passive, the devil is in control request. Amen? Glory to God. That's a tissue-wasting prayer. <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> no, bless God. Get up and say, God is faithful and His Word is true and He'll do what He said and he's doing great things. He said, call unto me, and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you didn't know of. This is my best day. It's your best day. It's our finest hour. This is the day that miracles start and multiply. This is the day that walls are falling down. Red Sea splitting. Disease is leaving. Depression is broken. Fear is gone. That you rise up to be everything God planned and purposed you be before time began and the earth was. That you walk with Him in His power and His glory and His anointing and His wisdom. Hallelujah. And I don't care how long it's been otherwise, bless God. The woman with the issue of blood had been you know, losing blood for 11 years and she had spent everything that she had on many physicians and it said when she heard of Jesus, hallelujah, 
We're hearing of Jesus this morning. I don't care if you've been losing blood for 11 years. Today it stops. Hallelujah. I don't care if you've been in a cloud of darkness for 14 years. Bless God, Jesus is breaking the darkness off of us today. I don't care if you've been in a jail cell for 30 years, hallelujah, of oppression and depression and dependence on chemically uh, whatever. That day, you're free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You don't have to be bound no more. There's an earthquake happening in our lives and in our midst this morning, hallelujah. And sickness is getting shook and depression is getting shook and fear is getting shook, hallelujah. And that stuff is falling off of us because God is mighty to deliver and He is delivered. And if you'll just mix a little bit of mustard seed faith with it and say, the Bible says if you had faith as a mustard seed you would say and if you'll just say I'm free I'm not going to have to deal with this anymore I'm breaking out I'm breaking free I'm getting enlarged I'm increasing God is more than enough to reverse anything that the devil has done the curse is broken Jesus took the curse and I'm blessed hallelujah and I'm going in to possess because I'm blessed And so I hold fast to what I confess, and I confess I'm free, 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 free. Because the Son set me free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. One translation says they're really free. So you don't have to feel a certain way because the Bible said you're free. And if the Bible said you're free, you might feel like 40 miles of muddy road, but you're still free, hallelujah. I might not feel like a United States citizen and I have a right to vote. But when I go to the poll, I know that I can vote because I'm a registered voter. Right? I know what I have as my rights. Well, I know that I'm free according to God's Word. The Bible says that we're to give thanks to God the Father who who have qualified us to be uh, inherit to have the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath, past tense, delivered us and from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His Son. Who hath delivered us. You're already healed. God said you were healed. The Bible says you're healed. What more do we need? Feelings will catch up with it. Can you say man? Your body will, the, the symptoms of your body will change. But it starts with you believing that you are the way God said you were. How would you, how would you approach it if God himself walked through the doors and said, By my stripes, you were, past tense, healed. And if we were, we was. And if we was, we are. I is. Amen? I got God's Word on it. God never has lied, never will lie. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm free by the stripes of Jesus. How would you act if you were healed? Woohoo! <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I can't receive it for you. You can't receive it for me. And it's not about me doing something for you. It's about what Jesus has already done for us already. 
It's already done. The battle is already won. It's believing it that causes the power of it to be manifested in our life. Sit with me. We're going to sit five times real strong. I am free. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. I believe that we preach the gospel, the good news this morning. How many know it's good news to be free? Amen.